Hi, this is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast about beginnings, the beginnings of companies, of new ideas, of breakthroughs in science, and sometimes even a little glimpse of the future. And I'm here with the CEO of a company we invested in just a little while ago, Caleb Polly. It's great to uh, have you here. I'm excited to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. So your company is uh, Cubby Beds, but your company wasn't Cubby Beds when we were talking. And when we invested in you, it had a a different name, uh, which was? So the original name, which I thought I made up myself, was Boogaloo Beds. And that's what we'd been operating under for the last couple of years while we were building this. So how did you Had a little bit of bad luck as that came out. So how did you feel having this, what you thought was a perfectly good name with lovely sounds in it, suddenly hijacked by folks all involved in politics and stuff? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I had, I'd made up that name myself. Uh, it just came to me as a combination of bungalow and igloo, and I had a lot of the feel-good tendencies, kid-like qualities I was looking for. And then the darn Boogaloo boys ended up taking it over and pulling off quite a few violent acts and really going mainstream in the news. We've been tracking it for at least 12 months before kind of the mainstream media had started picking it up and thinking, oh, maybe it'll pass. Maybe these guys are just a fringe movement. And then New York Times, CNN, Wall Street Journal are all publishing major articles. And not only is the brand association bad, but our SEO is just shot. You type in Boogaloo and you've got the worst images and articles coming up. And so it was tough, but we knew we needed to rebrand at that point. Well, we just sort of jump right in. Why don't we roll back and have you explain what Cubby Beds is, what it is you actually do, because it's a whole lot more than just something to sleep on. Definitely. So generally, we're a direct-to-consumer medical device company. And more specifically, we build smart beds that improve sleep, safety, and anxiety for people with cognitive conditions like autism, epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and dementia reimbursable medical device. So we are operating under a bit of a a regulatory threshold, but we really have a a consumer focus in terms of how we market, how we've designed the product and how we tell the world about it. So to uh, help folks who might not know uh, otherwise, this can actually be a pretty big thing, right? If you have a kid who has autism, terrible things might happen to them or to the house uh, because of the restlessness and the inability to uh, sleep uh, in a normal bed under normal circumstances. Yeah, so autism is one of the most common conditions we work with, a lot of kids. um, It's about one in 54 kids are now diagnosed with autism. It's by far the fastest growing developmental disability, and it leads to some really tough issues. So almost 90% of kids with autism have daily sleep issues. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when I don't sleep as well, my health's affected, my energy, my learning, even physical growth. And also if you're a parent and your kid's never sleeping, that means you never sleep either. And that makes it a lot harder to be a good parent, to be a good employee at your job and all of these other things. Um, and then safety is the really, the other big part and, and probably the biggest value of our bed. And so a lot of the kids we work with uh, have severe safety concerns like daily seizures, Uh, self-injurious behavior like banging their head or they're constantly trying to escape the house. But on the the other side of it too is a lot of these issues stem from sensory processing. 
So this is why you might see kids with autism who have big headphones out in public or are rocking back and forth. And although that can be really difficult and lead to a lot of these issues, it can also lead to really amazing creativity, a different type of thinking. And many of the best thinkers of humanity were thought to have been on the autism spectrum, people like Nikola Tesla. And so in our mind, if we can help remove some of these barriers from an early age, we might be able to help foster some really great minds or at least help them live a better and happier life. Exactly. And, and the historical responses to this have been, well, either incredibly hard on parents, like somebody would sleep on the floor in the kid's room or yep. really kind of brutal. I mean, basically cages for the child and things that it'd be hard for somebody who hasn't been through it to imagine. Yeah. If you think of kind of the classic baby crib, a lot of the current solutions, which were made decades ago, look like adult sized cribs. They look kind of like zoo cages. Or the other side it was, a lot of these kids ended up getting institutionalized at a very early age and taken away from their family. Uh, not only is that awful for the kid and for the family, but it's incredibly expensive on the healthcare system. So by enabling these kids to stay at home, to lead good lives, to stay safe and sleep better, you've kind of got a dual purpose of improving cost and dramatically improving the kids' lives. So what is it you're actually doing? It's not a cage, it's not hideous. Parents aren't sleeping on the floor. How do you pull that off with these kids that are all wrought up inside? It's definitely a visual product, so it's helpful to, to check out our website if you do want to take a look. Um, but essentially, there's a canopy that goes over the top of the bed, and this is a tensioned canopy across our steel frame. So it provides 360 degrees of padding for a lot of those safety issues we've talked about. And then it also helps control the sensory environment. So it helps with light, sound, visual stimuli within the room. As well, a lot of these kids really like small enclosed spaces. And so we like to call it a, a tech-enabled blanket fork in a way. The tech side is that we layer in a lot of sensory and remote monitoring features. So we have a circadian rhythm light that kind of acts like a sunrise or sunset, a surround sound speaker that you can customize, white noise, nature sounds, music, audiobooks, an aromatherapy spray, and then weighted blankets as well. And then for remote monitoring, we have a camera and two-way mic system connected to sensors for motion and sound that all go to a caregiver or parent's phone. So at any point, they can check in live from anywhere in the world, or they can also get notifications if the kid gets up or makes sounds in the night. They can check from their own bed, okay, they're just up and stirring or playing around, or, oh no, I need this is an emergency. I need to go and check on them really quickly. And that helps relieve a lot of that paranoia and also just relieves because of the sensory features, how many instances of restlessness and anxiety actually occur. So talk a little bit about where the company is, uh, is at, because your initial market acceptance has been dramatic. Yeah, so we launched interesting timing right basically as the pandemic kicked off. And that led to a lot of challenges, supply chain challenges. A lot of our factories were actually shut down. But on the other side of things, a lot of the, the safety nets and common routines of these kids of going to school or going to therapy or their, their daily living was also taken away. They were at home 24 hours a day. So we saw demand for our product for not the kid, but also the family who's working from home then skyrocket. So yeah, we've, we've sold hundreds of beds at this point over the last uh, about a year, nine months or so. About 60% of those have been insurance reimbursed, which is a huge checkpoint of validation and also just general 
reach, it's really important to us that access is available to everyone, not just rich people who can afford this, but anyone who needs it. And the reviews have been really life-changing. Families calling it magical, and we've just seen them go from three hours of sleep a night to nine hours plus. That involves them doing better in therapy, doing better in school, doing better with their siblings. It really is a life-changing product for not just the, the kid themselves, but ends up being the whole ecosystem that surrounds that kid. Got it. So how did you come to be doing this? Yeah, it's been a bit of a winding path. Uh, there's kind of two paths that then ended up convening at some point. The original idea actually came in a different place. It was, I was traveling Europe, staying in hostels, and noticed just how awful it was sleeping in these shared accommodations with up to 20 other people. We had things stolen in our hostels. My girlfriend kept getting woken up in the middle of the night by random strangers. And so we ended up wrapping a blanket around our bunk beds. And that kind of sprouted the idea of, hey, what if you could turn any bed into a pod or a shared sleeping compartment? And so we ended up building that as a, a college project. I ran into an inherent business model problem in that anyone who stays in these shared accommodations probably doesn't have money, which is why they're staying in that accommodation and probably doesn't want to buy expensive products. Um, so I started looking online for other enclosed bed things just while I was building this. And I noticed these special needs beds that were ten dollars to $20,000 a piece, reimbursed by insurance, but looked pretty horrific and like there was a lot of room for improvement. The other path is growing up, I had a really good friend uh, with Down syndrome and I was his peer helper from middle school through high school, uh, was in many of his classes and really became good friends with him and his family. My brother, same kind of deal, had a good friend with cerebral palsy who was often over at our house. So combining the two, I was like, hey, there's a good business here. We could build a really interesting product. And then I have a passion and empathy for helping these people. That's like a, a dual-sided business that I would love to get behind. Are you driven more by the profit of the company, the impact of the company, the satisfaction for you? If you can be discreet about those kinds of motivations, how do they line up for you? Which is another way of saying, why are you doing this? What are you getting at? I think one of the core things is that I just find these types of conditions absolutely fascinating. I think it, it's very interesting how someone can experience the world completely different than you and I. And in some ways that's really difficult. In other ways, it's wonderful. Um, it's kind of the classic saying of like, do you see the same color green as I do? And in this case, they literally don't. That's really interesting to me. On the profit side, I'm, I'm definitely pro-capitalism. I think that profitable venture allows you to scale if you can continue building on each product because it continues making more money, and that allows you to get broader and broader access and greater and greater market adoption. So I think that by having a good capitalistic company, you can actually make a much larger impact than if this was a nonprofit project or something that I was just doing to try to help. So five years from now, what's the company? Who are you? Where has this uh, taken you? The long-term vision that I really see with this product um, is to transform this to becoming a healthcare monitoring platform for these kids. Uh, kids with severe disabilities like this are likely the most expensive individuals in society. They often don't have much shorter lifespans. It's from birth to when they die that they have all of these healthcare conditions. 
um, autism itself is is on par, if not higher cost than diabetes in the US, which blew my mind. It's about the same as dementia as well. So I think there's a lot that can be done here. One of the other interesting facts is with autism, it's about one in three kids are nonverbal. They can't actually tell you how they feel, what's affecting them, what, what helps. And so long-term, I see our bed being able to uh, understand what inputs are going in. So things like changes in medication, diet, exercise, or therapy. And then the outputs from the bed are healthcare or health vital signs like heart rate variability, pulse rate, seizures, sleep quality, and just quality of life for that individual. Over time, by combining those two, you could actually understand that this change in diet or this new medication he's taking are actually resulting in two weeks later, he's having three times more seizures or he's sleeping half the amount mm -hmm. of time. Right now, it's kind of just a random shotgun approach almost in many cases. And I think with this type of personalized healthcare, you can do a lot to lower costs and improve quality of life. What's the biggest challenge you think between now and getting to that point? What's looming for you uh, as we move out of COVID here shortly, one hopes, and into a somewhat transformed world of health, life, and business? So the biggest thing top of mind right now and what I'm focusing 90% of my time on is scaling our manufacturing. Uh, as you mentioned, we've had really incredible demand this first year. Um, we've done pretty much zero marketing. It's all been word of mouth. And right now we have about a 10 week lead time of when someone actually places an order and when our factory is able to deliver the bed. And that's just not scalable. So we're pretty far into the process of vetting some much larger factories that would allow us to scale to thousands of beds per year. And that's a huge, huge part of being able to scale the business. The other side is really understanding distribution and how we get this reimbursed by more people or more, more insurance companies, Medicaid payers or granting organizations. Every state is different. Every insurance payer is different. It's incredibly complicated to figure out. But if we can figure that out, it'll enable much broader access for not only our product, but potentially other products we end up uh, making in the future for this population of people. Yeah, uh, I think it's all just terrific. I've been using you as an example of our perspective at the pond about impact, that impact isn't a thing. It's the result of a thousand things, that mm -hmm. what you're doing has impact. It isn't impact, it's a bed. It's a particular kind of bed, but what it does is transform the lives of these families. And because the lives of the families are transformed, those individuals are living differently, hopefully happier, hopefully under more control, and their communities are affected. And then off we go that thousands of beds could literally have the impact on tens of thousands or millions of lives in that kind of cascading way. And in so doing, uh, be a positive force, as well as being a profitable force uh, out in the world. Yep, I very much agree. Well, we're delighted to have a chance to work with you. We're excited to see what comes uh, next. So let's uh, get together, you know, like sort of same time next year and do it again, see uh, see how things uh, are going. And I don't think you have to worry about any baddies picking up a cubby. <laughs> I hope not. again, you never know. <laughs> you do never know, that's for sure. Great, great to see you, thanks. Thank you, Mike. Have a good rest of your day.